The Entrepreneur Adventure, giving entrepreneurs the tools to climb higher and faster than ever before. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Adventure podcast. I am your host, Josh Melton, and you are in for a treat today, my friends. I'll be joined by my co-host and business partner, Chad Brown, as we interview the Sign Brothers. Justin and Michael Seibert, these guys are award-winning entrepreneurs. And when Chad and I were talking about who do we want to interview first, we both agreed. It's got to be the Sign Brothers. It's got to be Justin and Michael because we've been able to see their story from day one, and it's a phenomenal story. So two things I want to point out to you. Number one, this was our very first interview. We're still learning some of the audio equipment. So there's a few audio challenges in this episode, and I want you to listen through it because the content you're going to get from Justin and Michael is absolutely worth your time. They'll cover something going through their business that I hope never happens for you, but it will tell you that you can make it through anything on your entrepreneur adventure. So without further ado, here's our first episode with Justin and Michael Seibert, the Sign Brothers. Michael and Justin Seibert, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we're excited. You guys have a uh, heck of a story, have, have built an awesome business uh, here in Athens and, and in Georgia, and we're excited to dive in. So full disclosure, Chad and I have known Michael and Justin for probably 10 years. Yeah. We've been in the same community, same civic groups together, and so we know these guys, and this is why we wanted to have them early on in our podcast journey, because we know these guys, and we know how awesome their business is, how awesome they are in the community, and we just wanted to know more about their entrepreneurial adventure that they've been on. Yeah, good to be here. So first off, let me ask you this question. Justin, you can start here. Uh, Michael, you, you come in behind him. Entrepreneurs are created, not born, true or false? True. Maybe. Maybe. Okay, that's a good definite answer. True, Justin. <laughs> I, I, I grew up with uh, business experience back from when I was a kid. I say business experience, more job experience, but from the time I was in college, I started reading business books. I knew I wanted to have my own thing, had no clue what it was. The reason I say maybe, I don't know. I, I drug Michael into this thing. I don't know. I'll let him kind of comment on whether or not that was yeah. how he was wired. But Okay, so I you know, were born an entrepreneur. I know. I kind of feel like it was in me from you know an early age. And I would say that I would probably be a much better employee somewhere. Um, I think that for me, the sign business itself, or at least the creative, something creative was what I needed and I craved. So um, entrepreneurial bug, I wouldn't say it was innate within me, but the desire to create something, especially create something from scratch, is something that I've always had. So to me, it's never been about you know the, the money and, and pursuing that. It's just been about growing something and creating something cool. Now that you're in this position, will you always be an entrepreneur or do you look forward to the days <laughs> when you can uh, retire from the entrepreneurial aspect? Oh, there's no, I could not take instruction from someone else now. I've gotten way too used to setting my own schedule and, and being accountable for results and not so much uh, some, somebody else's agenda. Yeah. What about you, Justin? Still the same drive and passion and energy as day one from an entrepreneur standpoint? Definitely. Yeah. It's uh, for me, um, the day-to-day kind of can drag on, you know, the, you kind of lose the excitement. We've been doing this for 12 years, so you go through periods where you, you're super excited one day, the next day you're just like, ah, 
I'm kind of tired of this, um, but I couldn't go back to just having a job, I don't believe. Um, just, I just love the, the open book that we're kind of writing the next page as we're living it. So it sounds like then you were born an entrepreneur and then you taught Michael how to be one. <laughs> getting... You get a little deeper into that. Really, uh, Justin cut our dad out of my dad and I's entrepreneurial journey together. Okay, this is good. So I, yeah. I like the, the family business, especially it sounds like you got some skeletons in the closet and yeah. Justin may have been the one to put Justin already, Justin boxed out real quick. So before he even got started, <laughs> our dad was a you know corporate employee uh, for a company for 25 years. After 25 years, the company sold it, the division that my dad was running. And um, the new company that acquired them basically said, Hey, you uh, you have a job here if you want it, but you got to move to Canada in order to do so. And so my dad said, all right, I'll move to Canada, but in two years I'm moving back to Georgia, job or no job. And so it was right after that move back to Georgia where he felt his career was on thin ice. He needed to look for something else to do. He had a friend of the family that owned a sign business in Gainesville, Georgia. Um, Craig Ponsler, the Banner and Sign Company, great local spot. We talked to Craig for a little while about, about purchasing his business. That's when we kind of got Justin in on the conversation. <laughs> Justin comes to me one day and says like, hey, listen, you know, if, if dad buys his business with us, you know, us, it's us, mom, dad buys his business with us, you know we're really just gonna work for him, right? And so I was like, yeah, you're right. Hold on, Dad. And so Dad's like, fine, I'll step aside and uh, see what you guys can do. So um, he was, Dad was very graceful about it, kept his career, like didn't lose his job, retired after 35 years with the company, and he's got a, a hunting property up in Elberton as his little weekend getaway, he loves it now. And Justin and I went off on our own. And, yeah, full disclosure, I did talk with Michael about a year ahead of that, and we said, we need to start a business together We did, one day. Yeah, yeah. We just didn't know what business it was going to be. We, and so, I, <laughs> anyway, not to get into all the details, but it... You know, we love our dad. He's he's actually acts as a like a business mentor he for is. us. We we do quarterly meetings, and he comes and helps run them. So yeah, we all we very have good a relationship. fantastic relationship. Man, you are spinning this thing like a true entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm impressed. Well, so wait a minute, are you guys Canadian? Oh gosh! I feel like they may be Canadian. It's all starting to make more sense. Yeah, now. maybe totally Canadian. understand it. Yeah, maybe uh, Canadian. I mean, you wear a plaid a lot. You're tall. You're burly. Yeah, yeah. We can't okay. use words like burly on this podcast. Just for the future, no, no burly no men burly. are allowed near. I need a list. Do you, do you, <laughs> you create a spreadsheet for me. Lumberjack would have been fine. But lumberjack no wardrobe is is how I would love to live my life. If uh, if a bus is made of one day of me with flannel, that's that's all I could wish for in life. <laughs> so Justin planted the seed of entrepreneurship here into the family. Then he kicked his dad out, took his inheritance early like the prodigal son. And, and just so you guys know, I'm on your side, Justin. I think that the Sign Brothers is a much better business name than the Sign Dad-Son Partnership. It just, I don't know, it's not as good, That's not right. as marketable right. as the Sign Brothers. And uh, I think you I think you did well. So let's, let's dive more into the story then. So that's how you got started. So a year before you guys really launched your business, you, you've talked to Michael about the, and you're the, you're the older brother, right? That's right. Yeah. All right, so big brother talks to little brother, hey man, we need to start a business, do something for ourselves. Dad comes into the picture, dad gets kicked out of the picture by Big Brother, and then you guys launch a business somewhere along in the vicinity of that. Tell us about it. How'd you get, how'd you get started once you kicked your dad to the curb? Yeah, so that, that uh, friend of the family, Michael and I actually volunteered. We worked for him with 
couple weeks just to kind of get a little bit of experience in the business and we realized it was a good fit for our skills. I used to build houses, uh, so I kind of have some, you know, the construction background. Michael's always been really creative, so that, that combination of put it together plus the uh, creative ideas kind of worked really well for the sign business. So that's how we figured out the sign business was a good fit. And then, and then from there, it was just, uh, we're part of an organization called Sign Biz. Um, they taught us the basics of, of starting a company. Um, they, you know, here's your printer, here's the software you'll need, here's two weeks of training, go get them, boys. And <laughs> we were on our own. So. So, so when you start this thing, you've had two weeks of free labor. You don't have any mentor or any sort of experience in the sign industry. You just said, okay, we feel comfortable moving forward. What do you, what do, you do from there? Did you start... Making well, signs? Did you buy a bucket truck? Did you go in a building? <laughs> what what happened from there? Well, it's it's also 2007 when it happened, so there was no YouTube. There was no instructional anything. The internet was, I don't, I don't even know if you could cite the internet on a research paper with any credibility back in 2007. And also a heck of a recession going on. <laughs> and a heck of a recession, which uh, in hindsight I actually kind of would attribute to some of our success. When you start at zero, there's nowhere to go but up. So you start lean, you're gonna just stay lean. So if anything, it just kind of sputtered our growth for that 2007, eight, nine years. Um, but uh, while the others that had a little more overhead maybe weren't as fortunate. So, so what was the first steps? What was the first job? How did all this gosh game of minimum? First job. The um, funny thing is, I can remember we had this business plan that SignBiz helped us put together. And we go to Markets at Epps Bridge, the first place where we started a little 1,500 square foot facility. And they are retail, that shopping center. And um, our leasing agent, we said, hey, we want to lease a spot. Yeah, I'll get back to you guys. No answer. Ring, ring, we call them again. Hey, seriously, we want, I mean, we'll pay full price, whatever. I'll get back to you. <laughs> it's like we're begging him, please, can we please sign a lease? They don't want to take a chance on two young kids signing a five-year lease on a high-end, you know, strip mall, which I don't blame them looking back. But we finally talked them into letting us rent from them, and uh, here we are, you know. So it, work. it worked out. Yeah. So you had money and an idea and couldn't we didn't find have a place a whole to lot park of money. Uh, the money yeah. is the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about thing. that. Yeah, because oh, your company is not, it's not like you started a, you know, you guys started as real estate agents. You're not the property brothers. Y'all, you're better looking than the Property Brothers. I'm going to go on record at saying that. Better looking than the Property Brothers, though they're not Canadian. Where'd you get the money to start? This isn't a you know $2,000 startup we're talking about here. You guys had to invest the money, get your son on a lease that's in a prime retail space, which I believe was pretty new at the time. So we're talking big-time retail space, and you got to have some equipment to do what you guys do, right? Right. Yeah. yeah so Still didn't have any money. We had uh, Justin's truck that we put up for collateral with the bank. Um, and even that wasn't enough for the bank. We had a 50-page business plan. We had a pro forma financial statement. We had all everything laid out in terms of what a bank would want. But we didn't realize back when I was 25 years old that that's not what a bank wants. A bank wants collateral. So we were fortunate enough to have uh, basically a family member that, that was able to not back us with any cash, but at least put up the collateral to secure our first business loan, which we're probably still paying on today, but it was only to, it was to the tune of about $150,000 um, that we were able to secure a loan with, with that collateral backing it. And um, since have been able to get that collateral off the loan, so, so he, was, he was made whole. 
But um, yeah, we. Uh, All right, so you boys. So we got the funding. So you signed a lease. You, you secured a loan for 150 grand. You personally guaranteed all this. Oh yeah. You at this point, I assume, never built a sign or hung a banner. Stressed, worried, staying up at night. Nope, we're going to go conquer the world. What was you? What were you guys feeling at the time? I mean, I don't know about Mike. I'm the eternal optimist. So, oh yeah, this thing is working. Like it's going to work. It's just a matter of time. Um, every single job in the beginning that came in the door, oh yeah, we can do that. And then we would have to go figure out how to do it. Yeah. It was um, very few of the projects that came in the door in the beginning did we actually have any background. Um, to know mm-hmm. how to do it. So uh, being part of the Sign Biz Network, we were part of 150 other sign companies throughout the nation that you know we could call on as resources. So we, did, we didn't have a direct mentor that showed us the way, but we did have people that we could call on whenever we had like specific questions. Okay, this that, is important here. All right, so, so you guys were, you hear people say a lot of times for entrepreneurs, like, you know, hey, you're, it's a solo game, baby. You're in business by yourself. You guys were by yourselves. Obviously, there's two of you working together in your own business, but you attached yourself to a community. So you yeah. did have some people to reach out to. You weren't just having to figure it all out completely on your own. You had some people identify that, okay, I can I can call this guy and he may help me. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Is this something you paid for, something, an organization? Yeah, yeah we, we paid them a chunk of money. We're not a franchise, so we don't have any ongoing expenses with That it. was part of the original business loan That's was right. to become part of that network. So, okay. So... You bought your equipment from the Sign Biz Network. They set you up with the training, and then you're connected with the other people across the country who basically had done the same thing. They had just done it five years earlier, so they'd taken a lot of the licks, learned a lot of the things that, that we need to know early on in business. So we were able to, there's a little Yahoo chat group or Yahoo email group that we would just, hey, I've got this type of banner um, hanging in this location. What type of, type of fasteners should I use? Or something boring like that. You also just had to get really sign nerd real quick if you're walking by a sign you see in the grocery store you <laughs> you're with your girlfriend at the time and you reach out and touch the sign and feel it did you just <laughs> touch that sign <laughs> the sign business got nerd? super creepy super fast there so this is a big decision then your your decision to join this which i assume was not a small amount of money to join since it's a one-time fee how critical was that decision to your success today to join the sign affiliation. Absolutely. Uh, we couldn't have done it without it. Um, it gave us enough of a foundation and confidence to, to take on any kind of project and know that there was somebody we could call if we really got into a bad situation yeah. that could help us figure out how to get out of it. So, so if I'm starting a sign company, not in your market, not <laughs> trying to, uh, to compete with you guys, but let's say I'm in Arkansas, I want to start a sign company. You guys aren't operating in Arkansas right now, are you? We're no, not in Arkansas. No, okay, good, good, good. Let's say Arkansas then... I want to start a sign company, and I say to you guys, hey, what, what should I do to get started with what we're doing? What are the critical decisions you made that you feel are essential to your success as a company? What do I need to do to duplicate what you guys are doing? Is that one of them, joining the, the association you guys joined? I get involved in some sort of network, right. um, I mean, but there are so many more educational resources out there in 2019 versus 2007, so learning things these days is so much faster. But yeah, just make sure you've got somebody trusted in the industry that you can rely on, whether that's, um, we've even, you know, as we've grown, Justin's been really good about reaching out to people that are on that next level of um, sign company that we want to be, but are geographically located in a spot that 
wouldn't be a competitor, reaching out to them and just kind of, hey, can you be kind of a mentor to us? Can I run some stuff by you? So just having any connection, no matter how big the network, I think just uh, somebody that you can look at the organization and say, five years from now, if that's what we look like, I'd be happy with that. So I'm going to dive into this on the startup part too, right? Because my, my partner over here, you guys can find him online at Serial CFO. And not Serial CFO isn't like, we're not talking Captain Crunch. We're not talking Fruit Loops. We're talking Serial Entrepreneur. Serial CFO, he has been a CFO in multiple companies. He's seen a lot of different stuff. He wants to know the numbers. Now, what I'm hearing you say is you, you got six figures the bank's giving you to start out with. You just got a prime real estate location and start your sign company. Month one, you guys are started. You're in the building. What's the outgo of money that's committed? Like it's going somewhere. What are you spending month one before any business has come in yet? What's going to go out the door? Well, we had oh we had rent payment. We had we started with one employee. Michael and I didn't have salaries for two years, yeah. so there was none of that going out. So you work free for, for two, two years. years. We were yeah. free. Um, I mean, we had a sugar mama, and I had my parents' basement. So you guys took no money out of the company. Now, I can, we can remember looking at each other and saying, hey, there's two $100 bills in the cash drawer. Like, do you, do you think we can afford to take these? I mean, it's Friday. Let's, let's take it. That's awesome. <laughs> so two years with, with absolutely no income out of the company, and you guys are, like, like you said, I love this. You can find you a sugar mama. <laughs> and if, Michael, at the time, you're like living in the base, your parents' basement or something. I mean, you're like totally shoestringing this thing as much as you possibly oh, can. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very, very little in terms of in that. And that lasted two years. Um, we were, but in terms of revenue, I mean, in terms of cracking the nut, we were, oh gosh, I think we did about a quarter million dollars our first year, which is pretty good in terms of revenue, but in terms of know where we were with the location um, paying rent paying employee paying insurance paying material cost you know that was still we were probably one of those points where it's profitable on paper but that that bank account you're building that cash flow it, it doesn't quite equate to um, to taking home money and putting it in your pocket I'm glad you said that cash flow because that's uh from a number side, that's probably what I see the most for starting on entrepreneurs or starting new business owners is profit is one thing, cash flow is a complete another. Um, you can send a $50,000 invoice, but if it's 60 or 90 days before you get paid, that cash flow is a whole different story. Did you guys struggle with that early on on the numbers of, hey, we're, uh, we're doing the work and we're making money on paper, but in the door, the cash flow side? Uh, right. We've always... Our industry is it's a custom industry, so sure. we we've been very fortunate in that we were able to get deposits on a lot of the custom work that we do. Mm-hmm. So especially early on, we weren't able to work with the big vendors. Um, our our mo was we're not going to take on a job any bigger than we're willing to lose. So. It, we didn't pursue opportunities specifically for you know those big customers because we wouldn't be able to get a deposit on it or um, it was such a big project that if everything went belly up, then it would sink us. So we, we avoided those. Um, so we were fortunate. Cash flow wasn't the primary issue with us. It was more that break-even point, hitting that break-even point. Sure. Um, especially as we 
continued to grow and reinvest in equipment and, and just become a better company, uh, that just kind of increased that monthly nut that we had to get to. So I'm going to ask one more numbers question, and we're going to move on, because Joshua started making fun of me, because we'll, <laughs> we'll sit here and talk numbers all day. Um, and thank you, Josh, for the serial CFO shout-out. Um, part of this podcast, my favorite part, is like, we need nicknames. So Josh and I have been scrambling for nicknames. Um, I uh, termed uh, serial CFO. I think it matches I what I so. do. How uh, many businesses do you have now? Uh, six, seven. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I need to look. Um, I'm trying to scale down a little bit. But He's we'll not see. great with numbers. He but, doesn't uh, know the businesses <laughs> that he has. Josh and our business partners, of course, in the commercial cleaning company. Uh, Josh has a following as the six-figure six cleaner. And uh, putting out some material there, which is awesome, I think is really cool. And then he ran out uh, ten minutes before this podcast. I got a new name. I got a, I got a new nickname. <laughs> yeah. what, what's what is it now? So I'm, I've been a huge proponent for people, whether they have a job or like if they feel like they're an entrepreneur or not. I'm like, you need a side gig, if nothing else, because I've been business partners with a dude who's a CPA for so long. I'm like, for nothing else, man, the tax advantages of having your own business. If you're just driving Uber or something, right? So everybody needs a side gig. I got a theology, Bible and theology degree from college, so my moniker, if you will, is Side Gig Profit. <laughs> and I was smart enough to get the profit with the P-R-O-F-I-T and the P-R-O-P-H-E-T, which pays homage <laughs> to my being a preacher kid and my Bible theology degree. So Side Gig Profit, Serial CFO, and we'll probably figure out 17 or 18 more nice. different monikers as we do this. And as Chad adds businesses, we'll add different nicknames. It'll be awesome. And you guys, just to put you on the spot, by the end of this yeah. podcast, you got to have a nickname. I'm so pretty sure I'm already Lumberjack you, Sign Guy. Oh, d- done. That's Lumberjack the, that's Sign that, Guy? Is that a trending hashtag? That, that it's number, gotta be. Make sure that domain name hasn't been taken already. <laughs> yep, I'm going to reserve it and then sell it to you. That's good. We'll talk about it later. That's I'll send good. you an invoice. Right, right. And pay Justin, pay you, pay had, you had a few minutes. Well, you can pick one or we'll pick one for you. myself. Absolutely. I've been doing it for like two weeks. Yeah. Get back to me on that. All right, back back to the numbers question. All right, you had this 30-page bank business plan proposal. Mm -hmm. At what month did it show you profitable versus, in reality, the month you were actually profitable? Oh, my gosh. What was expectation versus actual? Oh, Oh, gosh. It was probably only three or four years ago where I finally (laughs) felt like the business was at a point to where I wanted it to be. Um, I was, yeah, I think it's safe to say for the first seven years we were in business at the end of each year, we would look at each other and say, like, is this, do we really want to do this? Do we really want to do this? Is this really what we're doing this for? Cause you do, we were growing a business. So you're investing in equipment, investing in people and improving, you're improving things. And it just seemed like to be the type of sign company that that you, I don't know, maybe the reputation, to feel like you weren't just faking it. That you needed certain capabilities in-house. Like, you don't have a CNC router. You don't have a bucket truck. You don't have this. You don't have that. So you're like, well, I mean, I have, like, Joe Schmo coming off the street telling me that I, I'm a sign company and I don't have these things. So every year we're investing in these things to be better, but every year we kind of, like, all right, we are, we're basically making what a public school teacher makes. And, like, and public school teachers, my wife is a kindergarten teacher, and she works harder <laughs> now than I've ever seen her work, harder than probably I ever worked 
Um, so no doubt they they earn every penny they get. But um, man, if you think your wife's gonna listen to this podcast, you're totally you're wrong. Crazy. She's not gonna <laughs> listen to this. Well, somebody's gonna listen to it that knows my wife. So. <laughs> all right. So, so two things there. Back up a second. Okay, all right. All right. So, Sorry, so we're talking tangent. seven years in. Y'all are questioning this deal. Like, all our money's going to growth and equipment. So we're still by all things considered not profitable. We're taking distributions of money out, but. That original business plan, when did it have you profitable? When did, when oh, did, I mean, I'm sure it was all rainbows six. and bundles. Yeah, sure. okay. yeah, yeah. Um, I think after, after a year and a half, I was going to be making as much as an attorney, you know, yeah. puts in there. I love it. It's yeah, already that yeah. way. I love it. You're already thinking so, and you were making as much as an unemployed attorney at that time. So your dream <laughs> did come true. Yeah. So in uh, general public's eyes, when you say you're a small business owner, most people flash to, Set your own schedule, uh, take vacations when you want, work with you want, got plenty of money. Pass through all your expenses through the business. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't have to work on weekends, don't have to be on call. That's not what you guys experienced the first year or two? That's not the way it works. (laughs) Still now? And you guys, how long have you been in business at this point? This is our 12th year. All right, so you're in year 12, and you said roughly year seven, you started feeling like. Things are going in the right direction. Correct. Or? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, I think really like when revenue got to about a million dollars. Well, um, I can remember feeling a little depressed when we first true. hit a million dollars and we looked at each other and thought that was the magic number mm-hmm. and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. You hit a million dollars and you look at each other and you say, where is the leftover? There's not a lot. And, um, but really, that's where for us, at least for the business, for the size and the overhead that we had, that was kind of the turning point. It was, you know, your all of your fixed expenses are finally starting to get covered. And so above that, we finally started to actually see a little bit left over. So, so, so it took longer than you guys were thinking and projecting. Um, there were still some questions along the way. At what point were you guys like, was, it, was the entire journey... I'm in the sign business until I die. Like uh, it's sign or bust, or or was it? I'm gonna give this six more months or another year or uh, <laughs> yeah. It depends on which brother you ask. Mentality right. there, yeah. Right. Yeah, I love. So this is I love the sign business, and and I guess it's just because it's that mix of creative, but also um, some technical skill that goes into it, uh, and it's you got to learn so many things about. Uh, something that it, I don't know there's just so many nuances to it it really just uh, worked for me and but Justin I don't know what were your I, thoughts on it well I think because I more identify with being an entrepreneur than a sign guy I I definitely have struggled over the years you know I tell Michael I mean I know we've had this conversation before look I don't I never grew up and wanted to be a sign guy I wanted to have my own business and this business is beating me up right now, and I don't like it. <laughs> so they, there was actually a period of time, um, I don't remember how many years ago, but I actually got my real estate license because I've always been interested in real estate. And I was like, you know what? It, this this business, I'm working way too hard and not making anywhere near the type of money that I would hope to be making. And, um, you know, you could call it, I don't, I don't know if I'd want to call it a fallback option. It was definitely maybe me getting distracted and, you know, something new and shiny. And so I was like, let's just go do something else. But then I, there was definitely a conscious decision made where I, I got my license and literally within six weeks, I, you know, put it, you know, whatever you call it, dormant. You know, I, I don't have an active license and I doubled down on the sign business to let's, we're going to make this thing go. 
awesome. Yeah. And that's what people don't, I think sometimes when they're thinking of starting a business, because you guys were both thinking of starting a business, and it's, man, it's fun, it's sexy, it's exciting, right? So and there's a certain point, like you realize you're about to go on an adventure, like, and you think about all the positive things, that's what, that's what gets you to start. And what happens, it, it's so easy. And once you get into it, and you're like, oh man, like, if something's gonna be an adventure, there's parts of it that freaking suck, right? So for you, you're not committed to the sign business, you're committed to being an entrepreneur. You're like, maybe this ain't it, maybe I should shift. While Michael, who probably more driven toward the creative arts and things like that, like he's getting a passion from building these things out, the ideas, the creativity, and you're over here thinking, I might be able to sell real estate, make more money than this, and not work my bones like I am right now. Right, right, and you know, something that I admire guys like Chad sitting next to me who can have multiple businesses. I think that would be, in a perfect world, I would love to be able to do that. But with our business, I don't feel that our business would be what it was if I diverted my attention and tried to grow two or three other things. I just don't, um, you know, I, I really, one of the main roles I try to play at the business is culture, getting the right people in the door and you know, from there, I, I do a handful of other things, but um, I just I wonder what it would look like if I tried to step away and do other things. I just feel like, I don't know. I, I mean, it might work for some people. I don't think I could do that, though. Do you guys have a like a divide and conquer mentality with the business, or is it a lot of things you do together? How do you guys approach the day-to-day tasks that you each uh, handle and the roles you serve inside of Sign Brothers? Well, for uh, for you know the last five years, I was handling the um, lighting and repair side of the business, which we've gone away from uh, as of a couple of weeks ago, months ago, and so can't wait to come back to that. By the way, but keep going. Okay, but um, so now I'm so now we, gosh, I mean we've got a great team. I mean, a fantastic team of creative people, of organized people. Um, so when Justin says he leads the culture, you know, it's because we have a general manager that is locked down. He is amazing at keeping people motivated and holding them accountable. Um, and we have a creative director who has creativity to his core, in his marrow. He is just the most creative guy that I've ever met. And he doesn't turn it off. Um, so, you know, we have people that are just better than us in so many ways. In every way we would want to be good, we have somebody that's, we're, we're, we're well-rounded. If we're an NFL player, if we're in Madden, Madden we're, yeah. we're 80s across the board. But we've, got, but we've got somebody on our team that's a 98 in creativity and in organizational. We've got you know, our office manager. She lives and dies by her checklist. She loves it. And we have a GM who wants to just be his best person, his best self. And so he works tirelessly to not only be his best self, but then to motivate everybody around him to do so too. So we just got an awesome team. So yeah. if I do anything, I would say I kind of try to make sure the creative people have are maintaining that vision for what we want to become, but then let them do their thing. It's neat when I was the guy that had to go out and do a lot of the installs in the early days, and now we have an install manager who, it, I, it is such a relief off of my shoulders when I'm not the end all when it comes to questions about installation because I knew 
in a lot of ways I was faking it. Let's be honest. You know, yeah, I know how to do that. But um, but Jason, it's it's great to have a guy where I can go to and I know that he's way above where I ever got to. Yeah. So, so you guys have been able to recruit awesome people and and a staff that has the skills in the different areas that, that make your whole company extremely successful. Right now, I think we're all facing challenges in our business we never faced before. Our generation has never seen uh, such a good economy with the amount of work out there to do and the amount of work to grow into. Yeah. But for the first time ever, we can't find the staff or the skilled staff to be able to perform the work or grow our business how have you guys been successful in doing that? And also, how have you known, how do you know when to go from three to six employees? And financially, how are you making those decisions? It's, uh, for the startup entrepreneur, we we feel you. It's going to be tough. I would go to a Chamber of Commerce network lunch with my dress shoes on. Then we would um, go back to work, finish up the work day doing production in those early days. Then we'd lock up the doors put my boots on and go out and install the sign at 5.30 after we locked up the doors. Um, one of the early things, we didn't miss the ringing phone, so we couldn't do installs until we closed up shop. So all of our install work was done after 5.30 when we closed our doors. So this um, means for you guys too, you're saying, you know, whether it's wearing different hats do. or wearing different shoes, that means you're wearing some shoes that don't fit too good too, right? Because I, I mean, That's I think right. you guys are awesome, but I doubt you were probably great at everything in your business from day one. You mentioned you're, right. a, you know, you're eighty percent everything at this point probably, but from day one, you're probably wearing some lots, lots of shoes that were putting blisters on your feet, right? A lot, a lot of blisters. Yeah. So, so how did you decide along the way when to plug somebody else in, or how do you decide now, like financially, when does it make sense, or when do you? So up until recently, it's been there's you know you you can feel a need coming, you know a month or two before it's there. Um, we started realizing there's some seasonality, so we started hiring people in January, February to get ready for the it gets busier spring, early summer. Sure. Um, so that there is a little bit of a trend there, uh, but then. Recently, we've made some proactive hires um, just because we're actually trying to grow our business in a new direction. And um, this might be a good place to talk about SB Creative. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. The, um, the creative division for the Side Brothers. Um, this is where Michael mentioned we have a creative director. We have a business development guy. And um, we're, we're actively pursuing you know, collegiate athletic departments, um, architectural signage, you know, with general contractors, et cetera. And um, so these are proactive hires. We've never had to do that before um, in the sense that this is, we're growing a business in a different direction. Um, this, this may sound funny. For most businesses, sales are a real thing. For us, it was more managing the inbound sales. Like we never had to go out and knock on doors and ask for work up until now trying to proactively grow in this new direction. Now we're actually, we are, you know, Theoretically, not theoretically. What's the word? You know, we're we're knocking on doors. We're we're emailing. We're yeah. we're reaching out to our ideal clients and trying to grow our business strategically in, in those ways. So it sounds like maybe you had a change at some point in your entrepreneurial adventure here, where you guys were at first were doing everything until you got to a point where you're like, man, I've got to hire someone else to do this, and now it's shifted. And is it maybe you're able to see a little more vision for man? This is where we're going. This is where we're headed. And you're you're now hiring people for work that doesn't exist yet, right? Instead of it just being like, man, these shoes are killing me. I got to give them to somebody else. Y'all are like, it sounds like inventing some new shoes and then finding somebody to put it on before the work's actually there. Is that in a way? Similar? Yeah, in a way, that's a that's kind of a good way to put it. I mean, we're we're definitely pursuing this this new type of work. You know, we've comfortably worked an hour radius around Athens for years. 
Um, now we're you know targeting clients that are you know three four hours away, and hopefully our, our ultimate. I say ultimate, hopefully it's even bigger than this, but for right now, our vision has become one of the most respected architectural sign companies in the Southeast. So we want to be doing work all over the Southeast United States, not just an hour radius from Athens, Georgia. I was just going to say that a lot of it relates back to the hedgehog concept, this new SB creative um, department that we've created is a result of what you're good at, what you're passionate about and what people will pay you for. Um, and so we've we've acknowledged or we've actually heard feedback from some of our you know bigger clients that our creative work is jam up. It is something that the clients we work with have budgets for these projects and um, and we love it. And it's a vision that we paint for our team and they get excited about it. So I know for me I, I've talked to you guys a lot in passing when I see out in the community about SB Creative and about your your social media marketing is just phenomenal. It's just funny to see because you're you know you're a sign company, but you're doing all this crazy video stuff. You're showcasing your work in ways that the marketing companies in town that I know of aren't doing. It's crazy. So where if they want somebody else to find you guys, SB Creative, and see what you're doing, see the things you're working on, where can they find you guys online? Sure. So uh, sbcreative.us is our website right now. SB Creative team is our uh, handle on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. So uh, you can check us out at any one of those spots and um, that, that all, they all should be pretty um, built out with some of, the, some of the representation of the work we've done. And you guys, Josh made an excellent point there. You guys are, are internally marketing and video and better than a lot of companies that specialize in that. Is that, you mentioned you don't, you don't have to knock on doors. There's a lot of business there. What is the desire to do such a high level of marketing or internal video or things? What has drove you guys to doing that? Or is that where your passion's at? Is there some background there? It's about um, the people, right? The people. So you guys are 11, 12 years in. You're making hires on work that's yet to be fulfilled. You're buying cameras, microphones, things like that. Is this 11, 12 years in, man, we're able to do these things because we're sitting on a boatload of money and we got plenty of money to spend? Or are you guys still making financial sacrifices as owners and entrepreneurs to do these things? Absolutely. We're still making sacrifices, no <laughs> doubt. Um, you know, it's when you make these kind of proactive hires, these proactive purchases, um, you know, it definitely, like, we're, I would say we're kind of in the, uh, the dip of the, the J oh, yeah. curve. Um, but you know we're already starting to see some some success, and it's only been you know really a handful of months, less than six months that we've really been actively targeting these clients, and we've already had some early success and um, got several you know good looking things in the pipeline. So, um, is this a model that you guys are copying that's already out there? Is anybody out there doing these athletics on a large level facilities, or is this something are, y'all are creating and building that's uh, as a nationwide brand? We, there are certainly companies out there that do this sort of thing, um, and it's. But we feel like these small fish among some pretty big fish. Right. I, so. I think the the difference is you know the the ratio of companies doing what we're trying to do versus the ratio of your local sign company is probably a thousand to one. You know, so we're we're definitely getting into waters that are a lot less full of competition. The competition is there are some really good companies out there, so we're trying to find where we fit into the mix. You know, right now we feel like we bring a ton of value to the table, um, and that's you know really 
how we're trying to get it, make our mark is, you know, we're trying to right now just get ourselves established through, um, we have, we think we can offer a lot to some of these smaller schools that, you know, might be overlooked by these big guys that, you know, don't, don't want to pay attention to the, the Wesleyan college, you know, uh, so we're going to, we're going to go after small schools like that and, you know, try to get ourselves established and then um, create that portfolio. So we've all heard the questions or the comments of, you know, the, the start with why and what's your ultimate vision and begin with the end in mind. So I know you guys had a shift in your business vision or philosophy a few years back. I want to know what led to that. Like what came into your lives that led you to say, we were this, this is where our focus was, and now we're seeing something a little bit different for ourselves. It's not like when you get started on day one, you can really see a 20-year vision for yourself. God bless those of you who do. You don't need to listen to this podcast ever again. You could find Simon Sinek or somebody else to talk to. But you guys had a major shift. So what led to your shift in your philosophy and where you were going to go with your business? And then what still now, I guess, gives you the the passion? Because when you talk about it, I feel the energy when you guys talk about this. What gives you that passion as you pursue something a little different than what you previously set out to pursue. I mean, I'm assuming you're talking about traction, right? Is that what you're... Well, just the shift in business, because you mentioned earlier, like, what your goal is now is the Southeast. You know, you want to be yeah. premier architectural sign company in the Southeast. Yeah, but so. when you started, when you're getting your retail shop in Epps Bridge Center in Watkinsville, Georgia, I doubt that's probably what you saw as the future for, for the Sign Brothers. Right. So what, what changed? What gave you that new vision for something bigger and different? Yeah, I mean, so Traction is a book that Michael and I and Brandon read together as that was our core leadership team, you know, I guess it's almost been maybe four years ago now. And um, Traction, I, I, am a, <laughs> I am a firm believer in the model that it, it brought to us. It brought some structure to us. Traction is a, is a book that essentially is, they call it the Entrepreneur Operating System. And it, it brought a lot of clarity and structure to what was otherwise chaos. We had never really established core values for who we were as a company. Our core values were based on who's working there at the time. You know, your culture is dictated by whoever was currently employed. And so traction forced us to really make a shift and really decide for ourselves, Michael and I, who are we as a company, what do we want to be about, and then start hiring based on those core values. So, Well, and also, it, it, yeah, it forced us to look at the vision. And when you're just starting out, you, if you're not an entrepreneur that's like, okay, I just want to survive, that's a... a like you said, if if you are starting your business and you know 20 years you want to be the market leader in the Southeast, you're not listening to this podcast. Like you, you've got a bigger vision. Um, you and Elon Musk need to be running out of lunch. You've got a good, long-sighted vision. We always wanted to be, you know, the best company that we could be, providing a. a you know, comfortable lifestyle for our families. I think I wanted to be reputable in Athens, respected for the work that we did. And it's kind of like you're, you know, you're hiking the uh, Appalachian Trail and, you know, you see a peak ahead of you. And you All right, let's get to the top of that peak and start hiking. And you get there and you're like, I can keep going. And it's a mindset of just constant improvement. So you learn everything you need to know to kind of lead the market that you initially set out to do. You get to that point and you say, well, let's keep going. What's next? And um, just kind of new horizons every every uh, every step. And maybe we'll get to where we want to be in another five to ten years and say, let's keep going. So as you guys look ahead, uh, you're tackling those peaks and you're being very successful at it along the way. It's awesome to watch um, what you guys are doing in the team you're building. 
what's your ultimate goal? Are you, are you going to retire at a certain age? Are you going to work forever? Are you going to uh, sell the sign company? What's the what's the direction you guys are pursuing individually as your ultimate goal behind what you're building as a business? You going to bring your dad back in, Justin? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I don't think Dad would want to jump back in. He's he's involved. Uh, he's he's got it pretty good right now. Um, we I don't know. You know I, that's a good question. I definitely don't have any intention of of leaving the business. Um, I I think that this is something that could be a generational thing. Um, Michael and I, between the two of us, have four boys, and so who knows? Maybe there's a generation two of of sign brothers, sign cousins, um, brothers and cousins, and fathers. And- yeah, who knows? Grandsons, maybe, um, one day. What do they say? The first generation? His kid's going to cut him out. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> full circle, baby. Full circle. Dad, you're done. <laughs> they say the first Go generation. Go back to work in Canada, Dad. First generation goes it. Second generation grows it. Third generation blows it. So <laughs> our exit strategy is for our grandchildren one day to run this thing into the ground. I love how you've defined your legacy in such clear terms. That's awesome. <laughs> so in saying all that stuff, you're talking about the, the book Traction, which I've read, I love. You talked about even launching a new division of your company based on the caliber of team member you currently have. Now, I'm going to assume that's not always the case. Did you guys just start out as amazing leaders who were attracting top-notch talent, or did something happen over the years? Did you just like gradually learn how to bring on great people, or did something significant happen that flipped the switch for you? You're like, man, we're, not, we're now attracting great talent to our company. Well, Josh, you know us. I mean, you know that everybody loves us. <laughs> you guys are not. You're the nicest people. We're the nicest people in Athens, Georgia. You're so if definitely you the like friendliest lumberjack I've ever met. <laughs> What's that? Definitely the friendliest lumberjack I've ever met. Yes. Yeah. Paul, Paul Bunyan Cyber over here. Super nice guy. Paper is. towel guy. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just all paper mache though. So, um, I think that, I think you've got a lot of learning to do as a manager. Um, just in terms of, you know, the little intricacies of, making sure that you don't get wrapped up in the whirlwind to give give praise and appreciation more than you think you need to. Don't forget birthdays. Do these things. Um, a lot of that you had to learn, but, you know, just being good people, you, you know, is a lot of... I think, we were able to I think two key people. things, two key things would be, um, I think we definitely have a clear vision of what we're trying to become. And I think that that is something that excites the people that come and join our team is, hey, that sounds like a really neat thing. We've seen the work that y'all have done. You're going to do more of that kind of work? Yeah, I want to get involved. And then the other thing is um, the culture. Like the, We really have worked hard to create this culture where people feel like they're part of something bigger. Um, it's, I think we do a good job balancing fun and productivity. Um, so yeah, I mean, hey, you guys who do. Wouldn't so, want to, who wouldn't want to come join that? This is something that's awesome. I love about you guys. You got you, to the listener. You got to check this out uh, with their Instagram profiles or Facebook profiles for the Sign Brothers. But they do a lot of phenomenal things. Just fun. It's just it's one hundred percent fun activities with their team, and they'll record it. And they'll, and they'll actually make like a marketing video just with some dumb like throwing paper airplane competition between their their team and between their their employees which is <laughs> phenomenal so y'all do man just and that was all brandon's brainchild taking, was the yeah. wednesday morning game we, we literally play a game just about every wednesday morning in our team meeting just just to lighten the load just for five minutes you know we were and, taking way too much credit for all of brandon's right. work and that is our job <laughs> as brandon, brandon this one's for you brandon on the next podcast brandon, yeah, brandon, brandon. the next podcast <laughs> 
He, <laughs> we're going to be bringing Brandon in for the next podcast. Unfortunately, he's probably going to work for a different company. You guys have made him so attractive to, to other employers at this point. We'll have to edit out his last name. So talking about fun, you guys somewhat recently have moved to a new building. You, you've made the leap as entrepreneurs to buy a building. And I think you guys have like foosball and air hockey and basketball over there. What all, what all went into the decision to, to make that leap? And how have you designed the building for fun and for work? Tell us a little bit about it. Well, the uh, the fire marshal wouldn't let us have our ball pit. Well, he would as long as we got you sprinklers. You seriously wanted a ball pit, we wanted a like an old school McDonald's style like a like ball bacteria pit. Bacteria like, Get in there like and disappear. Like you yeah. can't find any ball <laughs> yes. pit. Was this yes. Justin's idea or Michael's idea? Whose idea? All right, this is Michael's idea. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. It had to be a big ball pit. Though. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lumberjack worthy ball pit going <laughs> into the sign, bro. The fire marshal turned that down. Well, it was just we would have had to sprinkler the whole building, so we had to carve out some square footage, and the ball pit got sacrificed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Safety wasn't part of your core values. That's cool when you're going through trash. <laughs> there is a small business threshold that you can afford to do and, and a uh, $100,000 addition to a build out is uh, is kind of one of those things of you know what, why don't we put two fire extinguishers in every room instead of $100,000 worth of sprinklers? Listen, you're talking to the CFO numbers guy here. I'll cut fun all day long for dollars. So I'm with you, brother. No yeah. worries there. You just need to be a part of the next SWAST fund here in Athens. You're in your role. No, so the building, it, it, it's awesome. It, it's an impressive space. What what we led love, you guys down that road? We love our new space. Um, I think that was a, one of our early visions for the company is to have our own space. I think one of the early business books we read was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And if you've read that book, you know how passionate he is about real estate as a cash generating asset. Um, if you've talked with other business owners, that have been in business for a while, they'll talk about, you know, if they've bought a building, that's what they consider their retirement fund. Paying yourself instead of paying rent. That was kind of the the theory behind it or the, the driver behind the decision to save up and purchase and build out our own space. And then, uh, and then to do it, I mean, in terms of the design of it, we just wanted it to fit our culture and everybody spends so much time at work we want to make it a good place, a place where people could hang out and, and want to spend time at even after work was done. We're no Google, but we do have a Sign Brothers Fit Club every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday after work. Oh, you work out? We got As 10 people that do a CrossFit-style workout in the back of our oh, shop. That's awesome. We almost died on Monday because it was so hot in this August heat. I, we were doing, what is it, burpees over bar? Doing burpees over bar, and there was a point where I stopped sweating. You know, you're that hot where your body is just like starting to shut down. I had to step back, but it was a great part of the culture. We got about 10 people doing it. I love it. That's awesome. So, all right, let's wrap up with a few questions here at the end. It's just kind of popcorn style. You can answer as long as you want, but highs and lows here. So, we know that Darren Hardy wrote a book called The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster, and you guys know it. I mean, it's we call it an adventure on the podcast, but adventure means. There's some, some ups and downs, man, some highs and lows. There's some fun and there's some not so much fun. So uh, let's start on the low part of that roller coaster. What's maybe like the closest you came to quitting or maybe just a really tough or bad challenge or bad time in your business? Well, it's gotten as bad as, bad as it can get. So we have um, we had um, a sign and lighting repair business, and um, we had an employee uh, die on a job site. And it was awful. It was a fluke accident. Um, there was an investigation, everything, and that was uh, luckily. It, 
he did everything right and there's risk in in what we do and it ultimately was the worst day of my life hands down um yeah that's got to be a low point never thought you would come to work one day and and go home with one less employee so yeah no doubt definitely something we never even would have imagined happening um owning a sign company but yeah, so that would definitely be low part. Mm-hmm. So, all right, so what drove you through that? Because, again, most people, a lot of people maybe even want to throw in the towel or something like that. Like most people aren't going to go through something like that, right, in right. their companies. They're going to have a bad day. Maybe a client didn't pay them a big, a big amount of money. But what powered you guys to get through it and just and to keep moving on and moving towards your vision? Um, I, I mean, I think it's just, gosh, what, what else can you do? You know, you, you have other employees. You have a commitment and if you are committed to a thing, you have to go forward. Uh, I don't know what else to, you can't just fold. Uh, you gotta take what you've experienced, apply it to every future decision you make. You'll, you'll have sleepless nights moving forward. Um, it doesn't even have to be that low of a low to have sleepless nights about some of the challenges that you face. But, um, yeah, you just have to make sure that you do everything in your power to make sure that doesn't happen again. You got to learn from it, and, um, and so I think that's that's kind of what we did, and that's what drove us to to keep going. Is an obligation almost, even if it's if we're talking about you know our specific situation, just to to honor his memory and to and to just vow to be the best we can be. I don't know, that sounds kind of cliche, but it's true. It's true. So switching gears, that's a low moment most people will never experience, but let's move into the high moments. What are the times you've had in business where you guys just look at each other and you're like, man, this is, this is awesome. This is the high five moment. This is the thing that maybe we didn't see this exact situation, but this is the, what we dreamed about when we went into business together. Yeah, uh, no doubt. We got the phone call one afternoon and, uh, Michael's on. I was standing next to him when he answered the phone, and he hung up. He turned and looked at me. He said, "Dude, we are the small business of the year for Athens Area Chamber of Commerce." And I didn't even know that was a thing. Apparently, it wasn't a thing. We were the first ones, and um, wow, uh, you know, Athens incredible businesses everywhere, and um, the fact that we got voted the small business of the year just still kind of baffles me yeah and we are talking about this you know Athens is not like a tiny little town with like 17 businesses there's thousands of businesses operating here so yeah small business of the year is a big deal really good businesses in this town and you know I just I'm still kind of floored when I think about that that's awesome I remember seeing the billboard you guys put up (laughs) it was a chamber of commerce small business of the year sign brothers and it was a guy like built into the sign hanging the sign oh, yeah. Yeah. it was really cool oh, yeah. it was yeah. like, very impressive yeah, you guys awesome. took, took it creative to another level there yeah it really it showed was... off their skills right? <laughs> this is why we won y'all like, like, we're, we're going to market empire ourselves on the back all the same time <laughs> yeah. this is awesome brilliant oh, brilliant boo so let's wrap up with this last question so here is again this this podcast is for people who are tackling the entrepreneur adventure they're going through those highs and lows on the roller coaster they're trying to get it done and we're hoping that you guys can share something with them. Like, this is my number one tip or my number one advice I can give to that entrepreneur out there, wherever they are at in their adventure. This is what I would, I would give them this tip of advice. What would it be? Justin, you start us off. 
Man, it would literally be start. Like, it would be start. My wife, I can remember the day that we were discussing, Michael and I starting this business. We had no kids yet. And she said, I just don't feel like now is the right time. And I just laughed and said, you think it's going to get easier when we have kids one day? Um, no, this is it. And honestly, I've, I've, I've had probably 10 other businesses throughout the course of my life, and most have not been successful. This one's done okay. Um, but starting, just literally starting, don't just write a business plan. Actually go out and do something because um, you can business plan yourself to death and then convince yourself it's not a good idea after it's all said and done. But, um, but go start something. I would um, I would say that make sure you're make sure you're passionate about it because it's gonna get tough and you gotta enjoy it enough to get through those dips. So you gotta like the work. At the end of the day, when when it's the end of the day for everybody else but not for you, you gotta keep plugging away. Make sure you like it. It'll make it a lot easier. But I would say this. I mean, the more the more opportunities you take at it, the more cracks you're gonna fail. And so, but you're gonna learn something from each failure, hopefully. And so that's why I say, just go out and do something. And yeah. it's probably not gonna be the thing you end up doing long-term, but you're gonna learn something from that one that you're gonna carry over to the next one that then ultimately, you know, you might get lucky and that first one might be a home run, but you know, more than likely you're gonna be trying this a few times before you get it right. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much, Justin and Michael Seibert, the Sign Bros, the Sign Brothers here in Athens, Georgia. Uh, man, number one, kudos to you for winning that award. Absolutely, 100% deserved. You guys, not only have you made a difference with your team and your company, you have made a difference in your community in a big way. Everybody knows these guys. Everybody likes them. Everybody talks about how nice they are. It's so annoying to hear it over and over <laughs> and over again how nice they are. But it's absolutely 100% true. Uh, they're difference makers in their community. They're doing more with their company than just making signs. They're making a difference. It's awesome to have you guys with us today. Thanks, thanks, thanks for, for having us. This is, Enjoyed it. Thank yeah, you. I, was, does everybody know that this is the inaugural podcast? You weren't supposed to say that. Nobody knows, man. Oh, they do now. Out. Next thing you know, it'll be on a billboard in Athens, Georgia. It'll look awesome. Oh, we're going to post that. Billboard. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, this is super exciting. I, I got a thousand more questions. I mean, we could do this all day long. So, yeah, let's uh, keep they, talking about they, it. They, still got half a beer they, to go. <laughs> <laughs> they, thank you all for joining us. I, I think it's going to provide a lot of value to our listeners and provided us a lot of value. Man, I've, I've been in business owner for 20 years, and I learned in the last hour a lot of things that I can implement in my business that you guys do. So it's, it's really cool, always exciting, always fun to hang out with you guys, and uh, we, we need to do this more often. This was fun. Thanks, y'all. Absolutely. So thank you so much for listening to the Entrepreneurial Adventure with my Co-host, Mr. Chad Brown, the serial CFO, and yours truly, Josh Melton, the side gig prophet. Until next time, go out and make your adventural, excuse me, your entrepreneurial adventure number one in your life. Make it happen, baby. See you next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Entrepreneur Adventure. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please be sure to like and subscribe to The Entrepreneur Adventure wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check us out on the web at www.theentrepreneuradventure.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram as well. And remember, the Entrepreneur Adventure does not have to be traveled alone, but is a journey to be shared. We'll catch you next time on Entrepreneur Adventure, where we give you the tools to climb higher and faster than ever before.